This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. keeps repeating in that song do you do you want this do you want that then if you do forgive and and I was thinking as I listened to it in the moment when we have an opportunity for forgiveness we're not usually saying do I want to live do I want to be free we are thinking no I want to be right <laughs> really and truly. Yesterday, my husband and I had a wonderful day, and then late in the evening, just before bed, he said something that really made me mad. <laughs> and I was so mad at him, and I thought, and I have got to do a talk tomorrow on forgiveness. <laughs> I, I can't just go to bed and just let him stew in his juices like I wanted to. <laughs> I knew I didn't actually have a choice because I wasn't going to be able to get up here with any kind of authenticity if I didn't forgive him. <laughs> So he got off the hook. <laughs> but really and truly, it's, I mean, it was, it was not that big a deal, even though it seemed like a big deal in the moment. But, but we face those things all the time. When people say things that offend us, when they, when they act in a way that we don't believe they should be behaving that way. You know, we have, we have our idea of how people are supposed to act, right? Whether it's what your parents taught you and you have continued to adhere, or you just made it up in your own mind about that's how it ought to be. But, but people tend not to fulfill our expectations. They, they all somehow have their own ideas of how they should be. And it's very aggravating <laughs> at times. <laughs> and so when something like that happens, we have a tendency, I think, most of us, to get stuck in that place of judgment. And then judgment moves on to resentment. And when we get into a place of resentment, we hold on to that often. Sometimes we hold on to it for years and years and years. And when we do that, we become smaller. We have put these lines down. It's like we've formed a cage of what is okay. And we are the ones trapped inside that cage. Not the person that's off behaving or misbehaving in our opinion, but we are the ones 
that are captivated by our own minds. And from that place, we're not free. We're not free to be the one that we came to be. We're not free to create in the way that we could be creating. We are not free to step into the allness of us because we have committed to the smallness of us. One of our principles, the first principle in unity that we teach is there's only one. Whether we call that God, divinity, universe, cosmos, Allah, it doesn't matter the words. There's only one. And we are all expressions of that. All expressions. All one. Including that misbehavior, whoever that might be in the moment, even if it's ourselves. Because we've all failed to meet our own standards at some point. And we've all been angry with ourselves at some point for failing to be whatever it is we think we're supposed to be. And when we do that, we are again stepping into small. The trick with forgiveness is really recognizing that we are part of the all, all of us, <clears throat> in every moment. And having the compassion to recognize that, yeah, just as I step into small, so do others. They forget. We all forget who we are. And when we forget, our behavior is less than beautiful. It's less than our potential. And when we come from that place of oneness, recognizing that we're, we're part of it all, that everyone is, forgiveness becomes easier. People get stuck with forgiveness because they have it tethered to remorse. And there are many things that we are required to forgive in life where the person has no remorse at all. Do you remember when um, that young man walked into the AMA Methodist Church in Virginia, maybe, I'm not, East Coast, and Charleston, and, um, and he shot up all those people that were there worshiping. It was a terrible thing. And somehow, the members of that church were able to forgive him because they had a practice. And some of it is probably just the prejudice in our society and, and some of the, the idea that white is right that somehow forgiveness came more easily to them. I, I don't know where the line was, but what I do know is that that young man did not have remorse. 
He was not sorry that he had killed those people. And yet, they forgave. It's hard to imagine something more heinous. Forgiveness is not a simple thing. But if they had waited until he was ready to be sorry, they might never have had the opportunity for forgiveness and they would have had to remain in small for the rest of their lives. And they chose, and it's ironic, isn't it? Because here they were, African Americans who have been subjected to slavery as, as a group having to play small because of outside conditions. They had to play small physically, although not necessarily internally. And yet, perhaps, they understood something that others don't. Perhaps they were able to step outside of that. Maybe there's something in the African-American soul that says, no, no more. We will not be held captive. And they were able to transcend these circumstances and forgive. I don't know. I can't speak for them. But I do know that that day they were a model of what is possible. The things that we have to forgive, for some of us, it may be something equally horrible. I don't know what everybody's story is, but I do know there are some terrible things that happen. And if something really terrible has happened in your life, forgiveness is a bigger lift. But it's not about the person who did it to you. It's about your own soul. It's about your own freedom and creative possibility. Because as long as you stay in a, in a stance of resentment, you are chained to the person who did whatever they did. You are unable to be free. And the world needs us all. It isn't okay for us to say, um, later, I'm busy right now being chained to this person because I'm right and I'm waiting for them to realize that. I have to stay as a victim when I do that. And we're not victims. We are creators. There is a woman named um, Edwine Gaines. She's a unity minister from, I'm not sure where she's out of right now, but she's originally from Alabama, I believe. She's, if you ever have an opportunity to hear her, maybe on YouTube, she just, so darn funny. She really, she really is, and profound. So she has a little book called this Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And one of those laws is forgiveness. So she's telling the story about 
how when she was a child, she was molested. And that's one of those things that it's really hard to forgive. It's really hard to forgive. And she wasn't forgiving it. And in, she was in some gathering. And in this gathering, she starts in to tell her story, which is her excuse for why she's not going to forgive. And whoever this workshop leader was said, look, toots, we've had enough of that story. We don't want to hear it anymore. And she, she was inflamed. That, you know, this, this happened to me, this wasn't right, how can you, you know, I was a child, I had no agency in this, and he said, well, we're just tired of hearing it. Let's, let's look at it from a different perspective. Just try this on, see if it works for you, a new story. What if you came here, you incarnated to be a woman of power, and this experience made it safe for you to be a woman of power because you will never misuse power. Well, she wasn't sure she was going to sign up for that yet, but, but there was something about it that resonated for her. She is a powerful, powerful woman. She also talks, she tells the story of when she got married the first time she was, she was a young woman and this guy came into her life and he was just so handsome and she just took one look at him and it was like, ah, you're mine. <laughs> and the next thing you know, they're married and they are going off on this trip around the world together. I don't remember, maybe, I think she had some inheritance and she was using it to take that, that trip around the world. And they're having a wonderful, wonderful time. And they're over in Indonesia maybe, someplace like that, and they've been out shopping and she's tired and she wants to come home and rest before dinner and he, he still wants to do some shopping and so out he goes. And, She's putting her makeup on and getting all ready for, for dinner, and he walks in the door and he says, I have to tell you something. Oh, and I didn't mention, and she's pregnant. Um, he, he says, I, I don't love you anymore. I, I gotta go. And she didn't graciously accept that, but <laughs> he did go. And so she was stewing and stewing and stewing, and this one was really difficult. How could he do this? You know, and she's pregnant, and here's this baby coming, and it took her years, really. But she finally got to a place of being willing to forgive. That's your first step. Be willing, even though you can't imagine ever doing it. You'd be willing. And then, You'd be willing to understand, put, your, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like just ask the question, why would he do that? But it has to be asked with the curious tone. It can't be like, why did you do that? 
you know, think, think about when your parents, you've done something, whatever it was, and they ask you with that tone. Do you volunteer and say, well, the reason that I did that was, no, you say, I don't know. You don't respond because you're being accused. But when you ask of the cosmos, of which you and the offender are all one, you say, why? Why would that happen? Why would he do that? And what she realized was this guy was one of 12 kids, and they had been poor. And the thought of becoming a father just freaked him out. He didn't know how he would ever be able to support a child. And like with most things, this is all in the unconscious. He's not aware that that's why he's doing it. But she was able to intuit that this was what it was. And she, she went on to be able to forgive him and got to the point where he and his new wife were friends of hers, dear friends to this day. That is possible. That is possible. People who have done amazing acts of forgiveness show us that it's possible for us to forgive whatever it is that we have. Myrtle Fillmore was one of our founders in Unity. And for those of you who have been coming, you've heard this before, but <clears throat> one of the things that she got, really got Unity kicked off was her experience of being a young woman in her, thir her 30s who had tuberculosis. And she wasn't expected to live out the decade. And she went to a talk where the speaker said, you're a child of God, you do not inherit illness. And it was one of those things that just landed for her. And she walked out of there in that moment healed. And it took another two years to keep working with her consciousness for that healing to be complete. And part of her process was forgiveness, where she was talking to the parts of her body and asking forgiveness that she had ever thought of them as weak. Every organ she would speak to. And she would, she would not only ask for forgiveness, but she would make amends by, by telling them what the truth was. You are sizzling with vitality. You are an expression of divine light. And she continued this until she was completely healed and was never sick again a day in her life until 86 when she died. And even then she wasn't sick, she just went to sleep. Forgiveness is so powerful. We are all here to be creators. And as we create, 
We need all of our energy. We can't just create from that small space. We need the bigness of who we are. Emma Curtis Hopkins, I'm taking a class on her right now. She was an amazing woman who, she was a student of Mary Baker Eddy and the teacher of the Fillmores and Ernest Holmes and many other people. And she talks about forgiveness in a way that I hadn't really heard before. She talks about it as giving for. So it's exchanging what you've got, which is this idea that you're a victim, for one, and, and it's whatever goes with it that's in your cage of smallness. And you're exchanging that for the truth of who you are. So you have this belief that somebody else is the perpetrator of whatever, that they're a bad person, and you're exchanging that idea for the idea that they are part of the divine because there's nothing else. If there's only one, it's, it's logic, really. How could there be all that is, and then over here, there's something else? You know, it just, it doesn't work that way. It's all that is. And so, <clears throat> when we're forgiving, we're taking our small ideas, and we're exchanging them for the large truth. And when we do that, we are released into our creative potential. It's also super good for our health. The Mayo Clinic has done studies that show the results of holding on to resentment versus forgiving. All kinds of conditions could be improved simply by forgiving. When you think about not forgiving, and I know there are many of us that argue why we shouldn't have to forgive this, whatever it is, you might think about this as a spiritual challenge, a liberator, an angel that has come into your life. Because whatever this is, you're not going to want to forgive it. And the reason you're not going to want to forgive it is a limiting belief. And we, we're here to unload our limiting beliefs and get free. But limiting beliefs are sneaky. We don't know we have them. If I said to you, okay, give me a list of all your limiting beliefs. <laughs> you, you might be aware of one or two that you're actually working on, but you, we all have a lot of limiting beliefs. And the way that we get to see what they are is something comes along that challenges us 
that makes us believe that, no, no, that is separate from God. That, that's unacceptable right there. And we have to go into that deep place in order to bring that back into the all and to know that there is only one. can be done, even if it's in small steps. Edwin Gaines had one more story that I thought was pretty funny. She, her grandma was, um, used to watch the news. She'd be sitting there in her rocking chair and watching the news, and at this particular point in time, they were um, arresting streetwalkers, and she would, and they were sending them to jail. And she'd be sitting there and she'd saying, I hope they hang them. And Edwin was kind of horrified by this. And she was a teenager at this point. And you know, that's particularly the point where you know everything. And so she knew that that was wrong. And so finally she said to her grandma, you know, Grandma, there's such a thing as karma. And whatever you wish for others, when you come back in the next lifetime, you're going to have that. And the Grandma just looked at her, and she said, next time the news comes on, and she's sitting there, well, bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes we got to start there. You know? <laughs> But wherever you start, please be willing to forgive. Your creative spirit is depending on it. Namaste.